back. Pulls up for three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. One welcome for me, Mark Woods, to the latest edition of the MVP cast brought to you in association with our good friends at Total Environmental Compliance. Check out their consultancy services for a whole range of environmental issues at tecompliance.co.uk. If you like the podcast, please hit the subscribe button, then you won't miss a single episode. Please give us a rating as well if you can. And do sign up for MVP's new newsletter, The Post Up. Lots of exclusive content into your inbox on a regular basis subscribe at mvp247.com now in this edition of the podcast we are joined by one of our bright young coaching minds who have exported overseas to learn his trade on foreign shores and watching his journey is extremely impressive i'm sure there's a lot more to come jack burgess welcome to the mvp cast thank you very much mark great to be here thanks for giving me a call you have been very brave in the eyes of many. You know, it's a courageous decision to head overseas to to grow your trade as a coach, to learn your trade and develop. And right now, I think let's let's give people a flavour of, of where you're at. You're at the, a club called Quarti de Huervo, which is in Tharagossa in in the northeast of Spain. I mean, give us a flavour. What's what's the current role there, and what's it involved? Yeah. So this is my first year at the the club. Um, and so I coach an under 12 team, under 12 boys, and I also do some uh, individual uh, player development sessions with with other players in the in the club. So that's sort of my my role. And that's under 12 men mm-hmm. in the main. And what will shock a lot of people listening to this in the UK is that someone gets paid to coach under 12 basketball, which you know, in, in the UK is almost unfathomable. How, how does the system, I mean, before we talk about sort of the nuts and bolts, but how does, is there a system that this club can afford to employ people to coach junior teams? Yeah, so I mean, it's not, it's not just this club, you know, every, you know, I can't think of a club that here that doesn't pay their coaches in, you know in some way or another um, so the way I think with my club they have quite a lot of help from the um, the local government the local council for their for their town um, and so you know they have you know they, they receive money from the from the council for being a sports club um, they receive more money depending on um, how many kids from their town play in the club um, so it works out as a that way, and also just sponsors. You know, we have a, a good uh, group of, of local businesses that sponsor the team. They see the benefits of uh, of sponsoring a team, and and that's where that's where most of the income comes from. They, the kids also also pay, um, they don't pay a a lot, but they do pay, um, and that's you know another source of revenue. For but I think the, the probably the main thing is the um, the input from the local the local council, and um, and the, the court that we play on, train on, is, um, is paid for by, by that. So they have spent a lot of money on the 
courts. Is uh, sort of not necessary here. So that's, uh, that's, where, that's probably how they can afford to, to pay their pay their coaches. You you coach in the in the what we would call the junior system in in the UK with with Sterling Knights and the Scottish League yeah. and obviously with the the under twelve under fourteen Scotland development teams. Mm-hmm. Volunteer roles, as you would expect in this country, as they have been yeah. from in time immemorial. What is the difference, you know, philosophically speaking? What's the difference when you you're picking up a paycheck to to coach junior development basketball? Yeah, I mean, the, the main difference is, you know, I'm I'm there as a as an employee. I'm accountable, uh, and if I don't, or if the the club doesn't like what I'm doing. Uh, then they get rid of me and they sign someone else. And I think that's probably the, probably the main thing. I'm very accountable. The the club uh, approaches the coaches uh, to recruit them, just like you would with a with a professional team, um, because you know based on you know how, how you, that coach coaches, you know how what you know about that coach, um, and they recruit them for a specific team. Um, so yeah, is is that you know I have a boss. I have a boss that um, you know watches my training sessions, uh, not all of them, but um, a lot of the training sessions. He watches the games, and you know he will he will hold me accountable. If he doesn't like something that we're doing, then he'll be the same. Your your background is obviously very diverse. Um, you played in the BBL, not mm-hmm. a lot, but for for the I think I'm not sure the Scottish Rocks or Glasgow Rocks at that point for the Rocks. Glasgow Rocks, Glasgow Rocks, um, and then obviously coaching junior national teams within Scotland but going out to Spain give give us the background of how that ended up because your first position was was in Mallorca but you you only really went for a week originally yeah that's right Um, so I was uh, it was a coincidence really like a lot of opportunities are so I was coaching at um, a camp in Inverness Elite Alba um, and the president of um, a basketball club in Mallorca was on holiday at the time um, in Scotland with his family and his kids were attending the camp and so I was coaching at the camp and then afterwards we got talking about um, you know he was quite keen on bringing me over to he must have you know liked what I was doing in the camp and he talked about bringing me over to coach at his club in Mallorca and um, and so I decided to go. I mean, I was uh, I went over for a week in in Easter to sort of get to know the club and see what what it was all about. And then afterwards, it was I just said, yeah, sure, let's let's do it. So it was, yeah, it was a, started off as a coincidence, but then you know, I guess I was I was brave. I could have said no, but decided to 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 do it. What was the point where you decided? I mean, having obviously had a little taste of the BBL, but what was the point where you said? You know what, coaching. That's what I want to do. I want to be a basketball coach. I think uh, you probably hit the nail on the head. It was uh, with the Glasgow Rock. Obviously, you know, like most uh, coaches, they start off as players. I realized pretty well uh, during that year in, in Glasgow that I probably wasn't going to make a, a great living out of being a player. Um, but I wanted to stay involved in the game, and um, and I decided to to switch over my focus more to to coaching. So going to Spain, I mean, you know, it's always a brave decision to go to another country at the best of times. You know, you've 
you're getting a shot there at coaching their, you know, their cadets and their junior teams as club club of Espor Lace. But I, I guess it must be one of those things where you thought about it for about two seconds and thought, yeah, Mallorca to get paid, yeah. Yeah. hell, why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was actually it, it was a more of a tricky situation because I was I was studying at Stirling University at the time, um, and so I was studying sports studies, and. You know, I, I went back to university because I wanted to to coach, and I thought, well, having this sports studies degree would um, um, would make me more desirable. It looked good on the CV, and obviously learn things about sport. Um, but I was uh, I hadn't finished, and so I uh, I decided to not do my my honors year. So I, I graduated with a with an ordinary degree in sports studies. I decided to take the opportunity because you know. Those opportunities don't uh, don't come around every day, and so uh, when I jumped to the, to the chance, because you'd already, I mean, we say about these things being quite fortuitous, but you had already looked at overseas in terms of camps and, I guess, trying to pick up things from other other places and, and other philosophies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, back when I when I played, I when I was seventeen, I went to. Um, to the U.S. and played uh, high school for two years in the U.S. and in a college. Um, so you know, I'd I'd never had a problem with going somewhere else for for basketball. Yeah, I thought it was a good opportunity. But yeah, I mean, I think um, one of the sort of main person who pushed me towards Spanish or European basketball was Luis um, Romero, who was at that time the head of sort of development teams in Scotland. So he um, you know, he made me aware of different camps. You know, I went to um to a camp in, in Catalonia, uh, which was just an incredible experience. Uh, at that point I sort of fell in love with the sort of the European or Spanish style of, of basketball. And that it was that sort of point but it, maybe before that I was maybe looking more to the United States. Um, that was where my experience was. Uh, after those sort of experiences with cameras, uh, that's what pushed Can you define that? Because you know, you, there's always that thing about you know different different sides of the Atlantic, different way basketball has a feel to it, the different coaching setup. But you, how would you contrast what you find in the traditional route for a lot of British players, which is high school or, or college, to what you find in Spain? Yeah, um, I mean there isn't one, there isn't one style. Um, it's you know there are, there are coaches who coach all sorts of different ways and clubs who have different philosophies. Um, but I think here, generally, um, from a very young age, it's you know the the coaches are very good at teaching uh, technical skills. You know it's very rare that you'll see a, a Spanish player who is you know eighteen years old, junior level. Uh, who you know, can't pass, shoot, dribble, um, can't do all the you know the, the, the fundamental skills. I think that's somewhere that um, maybe in the US um, they don't do so well. I think the US has a lot of success. Um, you know, I, I love my experience in the US as well, um, but it's it's not so detail oriented orientated. Uh, whereas in, in Spain, you know, we're very focused on the details. We're very, very focused on the fundamentals. Um, uh, from, 
yeah, my team under 12, probably up. I think that's probably a big difference. Then when you get to the um, sort of the, the, the under 18, you know, your first years of senior, you know, you add in a lot of, uh, of tactical concepts, but I think here we can do a very good job of, of teaching players how to read the game, how to not just run an offense, but, you know, what is offense? You know, how do you take, take advantage of, of, um, of things on of actions on the floor? How do you take advantage of spacing? You know, these things are, it's more learning the game rather than learning a specific way of playing, if that makes sense. How did Scotland or you know, young players in this country, how, where does that sit in between those two stones? Yeah, I think um, I, I always thought that, you know, in Scotland and in the UK, we've always looked more towards the, the American side of things. I mean, you can see it in the, in the BBL mm. where, you know, we've, it's, you know, very American focus, you know, teams will have, you know, quite a few Americans. Um, and, you know, kids, you know, kids, maybe it's, maybe it's a language thing, you know, you know kids in, um, in the UK will, will watch the NBA. Um, and so, you know, I think we've, we've been leaning towards that side. I would maybe like to see a little bit more of a shift towards, was European, the European style of basketball, um, but I think I think we sit in the UK at the moment. We're sitting um, more towards the sort of the American, American side. Of things. I mean, you've you've been at a few sort of stops in terms of clubs there, and we've we've talked in this podcast before about the Spanish system, about you know, the link between clubs, between the regions, between the national setup at the Spanish Federation. I mean, you're working at one aspect of that now, which is the club level. But you, for those who don't know it, describe to us that that pyramid and that that I guess that that pathway that that Spain has that's been so effective in producing top level European Euroleague and NBA players. So I mean, before before this year, when before well, last year I was in Australia, but before that I was I was coaching at a club. Um, called Basket Zaragoza, which who play in the ACB, and uh, they have one of the sort of the, the best youth programs, and so that sort of um, that pathway for players uh, is probably best shown with the example. Players are selected in in many big clubs. Players are selected not based on how well they perform at under twelve, under fourteen level. Their players are selected um, based on on potential. So, for example, you know we would sign a player who has uh, who looks like he's going to be tall, or you know has tall parents, uh, and even some in, in which was the case in Basket Zaragoza. If you want to sign a player, um, you might even do a you know a medical test. You know, there's a test you can do with the, on the wrist that will basically give you within a couple of centimeters how tall that player is going to be and so from there because you're, you're selecting players based on potential and then it's the job of the coach to you know teach them how to play um, and so those players will will move up they'll learn fundamental skills they'll learn how to play the game with the um, Objective of getting them to play in the professional team, not with the objective of winning the under fourteen or under sixteen or under eighteen Spanish championships. If you do that, then sure, that's a, as a as a bonus. Um, but the idea is to is to produce players to play at the national team level or at the professional level. 
that's that's the where maybe a pathway might differ uh, in somewhere else where the objective is on players who who perform at that age. It's very much a, a long long process. How much of that is a do you think it's just a cultural thing? Because yeah, there's obviously there's there's a push and pull. You always want to win as a coach. There's there's different aspects to to how you bring young players through in terms of you know teaching them to compete etc. But I know certainly when Warwick Can was had a big role in this country in terms of developing a pyramid or trying to develop a pyramid. What's more more of a kind of big picture feel about you know what yeah. can, what can we do and you know, holistically to to bring better quality players through. And, and have that top end down the road, not necessarily immediately, yeah. but down the road to be much better. In Spain, do you, do you sense, as I have often done, that everyone is buying, that there is this sense of the big picture and what it's all about, and it isn't necessarily about the quick wins? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think uh, a lot of it starts from, uh, from the, you know, the coach education. You know, th- these, are, these are messages that are, uh, that are built into our coaching, the coaching courses here. So you know you're, you know under you know for example the level one, which talks about uh, sort of under twelve, under fourteen age groups. It's all about technical skills. It's all about um, how to develop, you know, players who are fundamentally sound. How to develop the early stages of tactical awareness, and it, it moves up from there. So um, yeah, I do think that generally coaches do buy into this this system um but it starts from it starts from educating coaches and in, in the what here we would say that there's the right way of coaching obviously coaches are competitive i'm competitive i don't like to lose but i also understand that most important thing especially with my age group is to develop them as players and i think generally that is a that is a that is a culture uh, spanish basketball i think most coaches are good they're obviously going to be outliers but like that comes back to um you know, coaches being paid. You know, if you clubs will sign you if they know you're going to be a coach who fits in with their philosophy of developing players. What's the the system there? This is always quite important in, in development. What, what's the kind of system for the players that aren't going to make it? So you know, they, you might be a good club player. You you might, you, but there might there comes a point in time when you're you're not going to make the ACB or you're not going to make the national team or whatever. What what kind of systems is put in place to usher those players to somewhere else, whether it be playing maybe for a lower club level, maybe in a regional league? You know, what, there's a duty of care aspect to it that you know yeah. for each each country has different ways of doing it. What's what's the system there? Yeah, I mean, it sort of depends on the um, on the club. So, for example, I was at an ACB club where you know there was there would be players cut every after every season, but um, the club would then we did it in, in, a, in a quite a positive way, uh, speaking to the players, speaking to the parents, and looking for the best option for them. So whether that's pointing in the direction of other clubs who maybe have leagues, or maybe if they're not going to be in, in the ACB, trying to find them a team in Lead Gold, Lead Silver, EBA. You know, there's I think one of the good things about Spain is you know there's a lot of basketball. There, there are a lot of leagues. You can play in a social league. You can play in a, in a regional league. There, there's a lot of basketball to play. If you want to play basketball, you can play basketball. So. When you were at Tharagosa, I mean, you were under twenty, under eighteen coach and coach and worked with the the EBA team, which is yeah, you know, this was the fourth division, um, yeah. as we would call it. How much of an interaction did you get with the the ACB team? 
and their coaching staff in terms of all being on the same page. Yeah, that was a that was a big thing for for us because we had a number of players who were training and playing with us and also training and sometimes playing with the ACB team. So, you know, those players needed to know what they were doing if they went up and, and trained with the with the senior team. So there was um you know, we shared a lot of things from the playbook, from the ACB playbook. Uh, we were in constant conversation with the mainly the assistant coaches of the ACB team to talk about the, the progress. Uh, we often went to, to watch training sessions of theirs and they would come and watch training sessions of ours. Um, I thought there was a good relationship in terms of um, being open to um, from both sides, being open to talk about what uh, we thought. And uh, and also we used a lot of a lot of video, so uh, we would show players video. We would show coaches video of what you know what was going on in our training sessions and games, and what we doing from our side and what you know, where we thought you know our players could could fit in on their side. So yeah, there, there was a there was a lot of conver- a lot of uh, communication involved. It was really good. And does that give you an option as well? You know, going up the other way. To, does he go to the ACB practices to sit and pick up things? You know, little little things that you might scribble away in the, in the notepad that at future points now that you have you have the chance to pull those out. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. I mean, I've got I've got uh, books and books of notes that, I, that I've taken <laughs> uh, from from every coach really. Um, but yeah, there was one. For example, I, I did a pre-season when I was with the um, with the under eighteen team. In the pre-season, I uh, I was basically like a I helped with the video for the ACB team, and so as as sort of payment, I was able to be involved with all of the coaches' meetings. I you know sat on the bench in the pre-season games, and that was just a really good experience, a really good sort of insight into how coaches viewed. Um, Practices, how they analyze practices, how they plan for games. Um, that was that was a really good learning uh, experience. What's yeah. stuck? What's stuck out from those notes? What's the What's the thing that was sort of emboldened in red, or had the big sort of highlighter pen through? For example, we we filmed all the the training sessions, and after the after the session, we would sit in the in the coach's office and analyze the session for about an hour after each practice to talk about how we could improve. We didn't see that. We need to improve on that for next time. Maybe we can tweak something here. Uh, the spacing, the timing, um, this didn't work. You know, it was very, very analytical. Um, and that's the same in, in planning for games. You know, analyzing, analyzing video for the other team, how we can get an advantage here, what we need to change so that they don't get an advantage here. You know, the, the, just the, the in-depth analysis of everything. Was uh, was a big a big eye opener for me. How much of it has it been important to you to you know you've tweeted about this quite a lot. How much is it important for you to learn the language? It's very 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 important. <laughs> you know, I mean, Spain isn't, isn't it is improving, but it's not one of the the best English speaking countries in Europe. Um, you know. Even just basically, if I want to go out to the supermarket and buy something, then I'll need to I'll need to know how to say it. But from a from a basketball point of view, you know, communication as a coach, communication is, is fundamental. You know, I need to be able to get my point across to the players. Um, I need to be able to understand them as well. 
and so learning the language was uh, was fundamental for me. So. Obviously, Brexit something that's impacted on a lot of you know, players and coaches. being wrote about this recently on MVP. I mean, for you, you I guess you're okay now because as long as you don't leave Spain, they'll they'll treat you as one of the locals. Um, yeah, as long as I don't leave Spain, yeah. Um, I mean, I've also got the added benefit that I'm married to a Spaniard, uh, a Spanish woman. <laughs> Uh, so I guess that that that's in my corner as well. I don't know what that means exactly for for British players, um, but I, I and, and other British coaches. But I could see that being a being a, a problem in the future. But yeah, for me, from my point of view, uh, as long as I'm here, I'm okay. And I think uh, I think actually within I can move around within Europe uh, with with my with my identity card. So yeah, I'm lucky in that respect. You said about your other gig that you had a couple of years ago, which was a video analyst at the, the Brisbane Bullets over in Australia. I mean, a league that's really come on in leaps and bounds, but a country that yeah. we all know the talent they've produced over the last 20 years. Um, first and foremost, how did you land that one? Again, well, it's, you know, I'm me and my wife are, are both 31 years old and there's a, there's a visa option to go to, it's a working holiday visa. I think I'm pretty sure everyone will know about it. Mm. and it's up until you're 31 <laughs> or 30 years. so it was it was last year or or never and so we decided we wanted to do it there were you know other options for me on the table in terms of going as an assistant coach to Iceland or Sweden or Denmark but you know we decided that it was this year or, or never and we went so I started to to talk to uh, different clubs and see what opportunities opportunities would be out there and I got in contact with the Brisbane Bullets and, and luckily they were very open about you know having me involved and um, so I was an assistant video analyst and I also did some individual coaching sessions with some of the players uh, they've got development players so I did some coaching with the development players before practice and it was just you know they were they gave me a really great opportunity to learn, um, and under a coach like Andre Lamanis, who, like you'll know, um, this year was the national team coach. Hmm. Does that being in a sort of different environment, you know, in your, another country, another kind of set of eyes, another set, set of thoughts? I mean, what's what's Australia do well that we can steal and poach and use to our advantage here? Yeah, I, mean, I actually saw a lot of um, a lot of similarities. I think with from Australia and the BBL, uh, which may sound um, strange, but you know, in terms of you know an up pace, you know, up tempo style of basketball, um, I think you know the BBL could use the the Australian league as uh, almost like a, you know an objective to to get to that sort of level. Um, but what do they do well? They they're very professional. The uh, the clubs the clubs are very professional. They um, they do they, they market the game well. I mean they obviously have, have they've, they've invested a lot of money into the into the BBL. You know it's a centrally organised league. Yeah, just I mean they've just got such a high level of um, a high level of, of players there that come and want to play, and the, the coaches are the coaches are great. Uh, they managed to keep a lot of their um, their local talent, a lot of uh, good Australians. The Australians that don't play in the NBA generally play in the Australian league, and yeah, they they 
and did work really well there. You've done it in this country. You've done camps. I know you worked here in Achara's camp a few years ago. And you, you know, we always look at ways that kids improve and, and our coaches improve as well and getting the opportunity to do it. What's if you're looking at what Spain does, and you know, there's lots of summer things there as well. You know, and where players go and where they where they take their next step when they're maybe 14, maybe when they're 16. If you're asked for advice, which I'm sure you are, what do you say to the parent or to a young teenager about how you can make that next step as things stand currently? Yeah, I think um, for young players, it's a matter of you know, broadening your horizons, trying to play as much as possible, um, trying to watch basketball. Uh, there are, like you said, there are, there are loads of camps that you can go to, um, loads of camps throughout the summer. You know, just looking for, you know, whether you want to go to America or whether you want to go to Europe, you know, there are opportunities out there. You can go to camps, you can, you know, speak to, um, speak to coaches. I have no problem in, in, you know, people want to get in contact with me. I have no problem in, uh, in pointing them in, in directions that they could, they could go if they want to. And I think it's a matter of being proactive and, and looking for those opportunities. In terms of what we can do better as, uh, as coaches, I think we need to take a leaf out of the Spanish book and, and focus at a young age on, on fundamentals. With when I coached under 14 in Basket Zaragoza, we, I could probably count on one hand the amount of times we played five on five in practice in the whole year. You know, it's, it's little things like, you know, focusing on developing the players, not focusing on winning championships. Um, those, those they, they are little things. You know, it's not, it wouldn't be a massive cultural change. It would just be changing a few things that you do in practice. So in terms of your future, you know, all this great, philosophies you're getting and experience that you're getting and you know, experiences that you've you've had where does this journey take you in the big big scheme of things well hopefully it takes me to uh, my, my goal is to coach professionally is to coach in a professional team that is my that is my goal whether that's here in spain great whether that's elsewhere in europe great whether that's you know elsewhere in the world i, I just want to coach at the highest level the highest level possible I understand that I'm a young coach, and I've got still got a lot to learn. You know, even every coach has a lot to learn. But you know, that's my my goal is to coach professionally. And what's the pathway there from from coaching under twelves to to being that senior team? Have you kind of mapped this out? You know, are you one of those guys that sits down with a project spreadsheet and goes right by twenty twenty three? I'll be doing this twenty five this, and then you know I'll be running my own NBA team by the you know twenty twenty four. Um, I I did I I thought about it more before uh, a few years ago. I had um, I had a plan, and the the plan didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. So what I what I do now, my sort of idea now, is to do the best I can in the job I'm in. To to the best I can with my under twelve team. Then we'll see what opportunities there are next year, um, and then the year after. But you know, all I can focus on is doing the best job I can with with the team I have. And then hopefully, and I think you know, I'm pretty pretty positive. I've got good experience. Um, I've learned from a lot of great coaches. Um, hopefully, these opportunities will will come along. 
like I said before going to Australia, you know, I had um, opportunities, options on the table to go as an assistant coach to the to the Swedish league, uh, to the Icelandic league. You know, these opportunities do do come along. Um, it's just a matter of um, deciding if it's the right time. And until then, you can have gloriously warm summers and make us all feel jealous with <laughs> posting photos of just how nice it is in Spain. Yeah, whatever. very warm summers, but also very cold winters. <laughs> yes, yes. This is a, t- a typical snow in Spain this year. We can't uh, we can't say that you've got one over us. We did us, have and... a blizzard a couple of weeks ago, so <laughs> we've, had a, we've had our cold weather for the year. Oh, it's not. It's, it's just not a bad life. It's not a bad life. Anyway, we. Um, we wish you all the very best with that. I'm, I'm sure you'll continue to do great things. And um, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the MVP cast. No, thanks very much. That is it for this edition. Brought to you with our sponsors at Total Environmental Compliance. Search for them on Google or give them a follow on social media at TU Compliance Limited. You can get all our previous podcasts via mvp247.com. You can also sign up for the MVP post up our new newsletter. Or if you want to get in touch with me, reach out via Twitter at Mark Brickle. Another edition of the MVP cast coming very soon. But for me, Mark Woods, thank you so much for listening. And it's bye for now.